This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 1st, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Understanding the purpose of insurance is critical to deciding what it should cover and what it shouldn't cover. Megan McArdle is a special correspondent for Newsweek and the Daily Beast. She says Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius really doesn't seem to understand why we should all prefer to insure against cancer and not birth control. Well, we're always reading the tea leaves a little bit when we ask ourselves what an official is thinking, because, of course, they often try pretty hard to conceal it. Um, but given Kathleen Sebelius's recent remarks, you know, I think that it's a little puzzling what she thinks insurance is. My best guess would be that what she thinks insurance is for is getting someone else to pay for things that we've deemed to be important. So, for example, a pregnancy. I mean, I realize that that can have complications and things like that, but pregnancies are widely expected to occur. Exactly. It's a very predictable event. My favorite example of this is the birth control mandate. Uh, you know, my, from my perspective, this is an absolutely ridiculous thing to have insurance cover because uh, insurance is for unexpected events. Birth control is a recurring expense that comes every month. You know if you're going to use it. And so the only possible way that this could be a good deal is, first of all, if you get someone else's insurance premiums to cover your birth control, or second of all, if you pay them, say it costs $25 a month, I pay them $25, and then I have to pay them a little extra because, of course, there's administrative fees in collecting the my premium and then paying the pharmacy, um, and then I get $25 back. So this is a money loser from the perspective of the person who is buying insurance that is supposed to cover something that they buy every month. Of course, the Cato Institute is known for having promoted longtime medical savings accounts, which then became health savings accounts, which is intended to create exactly that type of uh, buffer between you and an unexpected event. Exactly. In fact, the best kind of insurance, from my perspective, is a catastrophic policy that is designed for the expenses that you really couldn't pay. So if I get into a car accident, I, it could cost fifty, dollars $100,000 to put me back together. Um, that's a great use of insurance because even people who are really good savers um, may not have had the time to accumulate that kind of money. You know, if I happen to get into a car accident when I'm 55 and I've been saving for years, then, uh, then I'm covered. But if I happen to get into that car accident when I'm 23, I just won't have had time to accumulate that money. So you combine a catastrophic policy for expenses that really couldn't be paid out of your current income. And then you have a savings account that covers the things that you could basically be expected to pay in a year. So insurance should be income protection for an event that's extremely rare and likely to be extremely expensive. Americans, when they think about health insurance, I think in the front of their minds is what's the copay? Right. And that is it's a problematic attitude to have, but it also represents a very similar misunderstanding of of what insurance is for. Exactly. Um, you know, people love low copay insurance. People I think that the fair point that you can make for Sibelius's argument is that people really do want this. When you look at unions who are explicitly negotiating, they really understand they get a certain amount from the employer. And then they're dividing it up. How much pension do we want? How much health care? How much in wages? Um, and they choose extremely generous plans. That said, the United States tax system allows employers to deduct the cost of insurance. And so there's this tax subsidy. And so what people want is the feeling that they don't have to think about it, that they can go in and, uh, and not pay anything. The tax code encourages that. 
Uh, and so we've ended up with a system where people don't think about it. And that's one of the reasons that American healthcare costs are so much higher uh, than both other places, but also than they have been in the past. It's really been a shift over the past 30 years towards not having any cost sharing on the part of employees. Um, and you know, when you ask yourself, why is health insurance going up 5% a year? Well, that's one of the big reasons. Do you suspect that that is as much caused by the fact that people just don't want to pay, but also that consumers themselves rarely have to confront costs anyway. That is to say, they're not, by and large, not choosing their own policies. Um, that's a big part of it. And you know, what you see when you look at um, even Massachusetts is that people, by and large, choose more cost sharing. Because when they're actually confronted with that cost and they say, well, do I want to pay $2,000 a month to get a policy that's going to allow me to have a $10 copay and um, and no cost sharing if I get into an accident, or do I want to pay half that for something that's going to require a $50 copay? You look at that and you say, well, obviously what I want is uh, is to pay less up front. And I can, if I save $1,000 a month, I can pay a lot of copays. And what that tells you actually is how much these low copay plans are driving up utilization. And it's the same with car insurance. You look at how much money that you save every month if you choose a high deductible policy versus a low deductible policy. You know, those, the difference between the deductibles isn't that large, 500 to 2,000, but it's a huge cut on your bill. And that's because the insurance company knows that if you have a low deductible, every time you get into a fender bender in the parking lot, you're going to be coming to them and asking them to cover it. Um, what, what happens when copays are higher is just that people start thinking about making smarter choices. Uh, my doctor has just ordered 97 tests. Do I really need all of them? Or <laughs> could we maybe cut back on a few of those? Megan McArdle is a special correspondent for Newsweek and the Daily Beast. You can read more on the Affordable Care Act and its consequences at our website, cato.org.